Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. Uh, I'm not Nick this week, as you guys might have already uh, noticed. My name is Scott. I'm a good friend of Nick's. We work together at the 101 uh, Esports League. Uh, and as you all were briefed about on last week's episode, Nick is out of town. So I'm filling in just for one week. You only have to put up with me for a little bit, but that's okay. Um, I, uh, I may not be a professional podcaster like Nick, but I hope I can bring you all some great news and, and information and updates on what happened in this uh, world of news and uh, nerddom. Uh, so thank you all for joining us. It is February 23rd, Wednesday, and um, not a lot has happened this week. A um, couple of uh, cool releases. Um, let's talk about movies first. Um, give me one second. I'm just going to move my mic. There we go. Uh, movies. Uh, the Uncharted movie came out. I think it made about like $45, $50 million uh, in the box office, which is decent. It's pretty good. Um, all in all, I think its budget was about $150 million, so it's 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 on its way. I'm sure with all that Hollywood accounting, they'll make it break exactly even. Um, but it did it did okay. Um, there's not a lot of movies coming out right now, so I think um, the people that go to the movies um, are just thinking, oh, cool, it's a it's a action adventure movie with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. I know who those people are, so I'm sure it's getting helped a lot by non-video game um, fans. You know, just your your <laughs> your your parents who go to the movies and go, oh, what's this movie? And they go and see it. Um, I haven't heard too many great things about it. I haven't seen it yet. Um, don't honestly think I will go see it in theaters. I'll probably wait for this to come out on streaming or digital release. Um, just because I don't think I have that strong of a connection to the Uncharted series, to be perfectly frank. Because I didn't own PlayStations growing up. And uh, don't own a PlayStation now. And uh, I have experienced my uh, experience with... The Uncharted series has been entirely through like Twitch streamers and YouTubers. So I don't think I can really say if it's a good or bad movie as well. So, But anyway, the movie did pretty well. That's that's the news. It made about $50 million, so good for them. Um, Tom Holland continues to make Hollywood a ridiculous amount of money. Um, also that came out this week, we should talk about Horizon Forbidden West. Um, Horizon did pretty well. Um, I heard that it did not sell nearly as much as its original... Um, title did, at least upon launch. Um, I think right now uh, gaming's in a bit of a weird place, um, especially on the PS5. Um, there's not a lot of consoles available, so not a lot of people are going to be buying games for that console. But also, in a very, you know, uh, every action has an opposite and equal reaction kind of way, uh, there also are a lot of PS5 owners who don't have a lot of games coming out for the PS5 that are, you know, taking advantage of the PlayStation 5's full uh, range of, of computing power. Um, and Horizon definitely seems to be one of them. Um, there are some visual glitches that people have been reporting, um, but that's about it. Um, there was also a, a pretty interesting article I read on The Gamer about how 
the game was delayed entirely to try and avoid crunch. That they knew they had all these visual glitches. They knew the game wasn't ready. And so, you know, everybody was working from home and it was a difficult time with COVID. And so they sort of delayed the game as a result to try and, you know, make sure that they could deliver it on time. And um, all in all, I support that. I think everybody should be supporting that more in the industry. And um, I think they've delivered a very good game. It's it's done really, really well for Sony. Um, it's gotten great reviews. The combat is a lot more um, complicated, um, which I think is a good thing overall, um, even if it might take some people a while to get used to. Um, I think there's a good way to um, add depth to a mechanic in a system without overcomplicating it. And... Uh, it uh, looks like they've managed to thread the needle there and make that make that happen. Um, so good for everyone at Guerrilla Games. Is that Guerrilla? Is it Guerrilla Games? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so mad when it's not Guerrilla Games. Um, oh well, they'll tell me in the comments. <laughs> um, but yeah, they 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 made a really they've made a really interesting world, and and uh, I wish them all the success. And again, any studio that wants to uh, eliminate as much crunch as humanly possible, um, you know, they should be rewarded. Um, what else came out in the world? Any other big releases? I not nothing too huge. Um, but let's talk about something ending. Um, I want to give a special shout out to um a, a legitimate homie, uh Arthur Arthur Reed, uh Arthur the Aardvark, um from the hit uh television series on public broadcasting as well as. Uh, the uh, chapter or young children's books. Um, they were a staple in so many American households, uh, especially because of the fact that they were on uh, public broadcasting. Um, a lot of uh, poor families had it, along with Sesame Street and Zabumafu and, and, and all sorts of great um, television. Um, Arthur had 25 seasons, over 250 different episodes. Um, yeah, it was definitely a staple of my childhood. Um, they, they, it, PBS has said they're going to keep airing it. You know, they've been doing reruns forever. They're just going to keep doing reruns. Um, and I think it's really cool that Arthur managed to, um, stay relevant and stay, um, true to its form and continue to make, you know, good content for kids. So, you know, big round of applause for Arthur and everybody over at, uh, public broadcasting who worked on that. Um, and, uh, you know, pour one out for the homies. Rest in peace, Arthur. You 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 did great. Um, let's see what else. Oh, we can go back to um, movies here for a minute, and we can talk about uh, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog two. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two uh, got a, got a trailer, got a new poster. Everybody's really excited about it. Um, I think uh, video game movies kind of come and go. Um, my partner and I most recently watched uh, <laughs> the Lara Croft Tomb Raider film, uh, the original one starring uh, Angelina Jolie, and boy, is it a product of its time. But I, I, uh, I think there has been so many uh, attempts to make a good video game movie, um, and I think the first Sonic movie did a pretty decent job. Um, I was a little confused about some of the lore that they invented for it. I don't get what the bird is. Maybe it's some deep lore I'm not aware of. Um, but uh, it is a very decent kids movie. It's a pretty good kids movie. And um, I think Sonic the Hedgehog is for kids. You know, I think adults are allowed to enjoy it and love it, and especially those that grew up with it. Um, but I think 
you know, just like how at the end of the day, Star Wars is <laughs> kind of for kids. Simon Tate Tology is for kids, and uh, the movies are for kids, and they're pretty decent. It was a pretty decent first movie, so I'm excited to see the second one. Um, I am not looking forward to hearing any sort of <laughs> reference to um, Do You Know the Way, um, Knuckles, but I'm sure there will be plenty. Oh, God. It's going to be so dated. How long ago was that? Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, oh, there was an Elden Ring trailer. Um, speaking of my partner, they are a big fan of uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne and that sort of garth gothic dark fantasy um, style and aesthetic. And so they were very excited about the... Uh, about, you know, oh, maybe, the you know, I like Dark Souls. Maybe this will be cool. Um, and uh, originally, I was honestly a little turned off by it because I was like, okay, George R. R. Martin, I'm kind of Game of Thrones, you know, out of things for now. I, I, the name doesn't doesn't invoke a, a, a positivity any longer. Um, but, uh, you know, it's Dark Souls, you know. It's fantasy Dark Souls. How could it be bad? And this uh, new trailer they put out, it's about like six and a half minutes long, and it gives a pretty good in-depth overview of, of, of the game. And it looks pretty good. It looks like just a, a brighter, greener version of Dark Souls. I honestly don't know why they call them different names. They're all just Souls-born games. Just, just, just call them the super hard games, you know? Oh, what are you playing tonight? I'm playing super hard game number 48. Ah, oh, dude, I'm still stuck on 24. Yeah, so that's my opinion. But the trailer looked really good. If you haven't seen the Elden Ring trailer, please uh, check it out. It was pretty good. Um, Street Fighter VI was also officially announced. Um, I don't like announcements like this. Um, for those of you that don't know, Capcom basically just put out like a 20-second animated thing where one guy fights another guy. But doesn't really fight. He just They just kind of tease each other and flex for a little bit and then like swing. And then it cuts away, and it's like, Street Fighter Six coming out soon. Um, it, it's kind of frustrating. I don't like it when they say that. If you don't have something to show me, if you don't have uh, gameplay to give me, then it's too far away for me to care about. Um, you know, I, I understand that it's a new industry, but kind of take a few keys from, you know, the world of film. You know, it, I, I can't stand teaser trailers where all it does is just announce the title. Amazon did that recently with Lord of the Rings. They were just like, ooh, it's called Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. And it's like, great, show me footage, show me photos. You know, I understand you're trying to build hype, but if you're not even close enough to show me anything, you're probably a very long ways away, you know? It's like at E3 when they do these conferences and then somebody will show up and go, oh, just wanted to say we're working on a game. We're really excited to tell you about it, but we can't. But we'll tell you soon once it's ready. And it's like, well, then just wait. But anyway, <laughs> Street Fighter VI was officially announced. With no uh, official announcement date, uh, they just say that more info is coming this summer. So um, maybe maybe some sort of E3 thing? I don't know. I feel like most people are done with E3. But if you, wanna, if you are a big uh, FGC fan, Street Fighter VI should be pretty great. So... Um, here's to that. Um, also, this would not be a Nick's Nerd News podcast, and I would be it would be sacrilegious of me to not mention Star Wars at least once in this podcast. So we'll talk about 
Um, a new rumor that's been kind of circulating around the interwebs about uh, John Watts, who famously directed the Spider-Man movies, most recent with Tom Holland, that they're discussing him directing a new Star Wars series. Um, this might be purely as just a single director. Um, Disney and Marvel obviously have a lot of ties and connections. Uh, we most recently saw the director of um, the Ant-Man films uh, doing several episodes of The Mandalorian. Um, you know, a lot of uh, good communication between the directors, especially with Jon Favreau working extensively on the Marvel series. You know, there's a lot of um, a lot of partnerships between Marvel, Disney, Star Wars. You know, everybody's pretty much pulling from the same bucket of talent. Um, but yeah, John Watts uh, might be directing an upcoming episode of a new Star Wars series. Um, the, the project is operating under the title of, uh, Grammar Rodeo. Um, these are sort of, uh, either inside jokes or just complete nonsense titles that, um, uh, studios will give to projects when they want to keep it a secret and don't want people to catch on to what they're doing. Um, you know, th stuff like that. Sometimes they'll even use a name of a, of a, of an older show, one that's like, <laughs> was made back in the 50s or something just to throw people off the trail. But uh, it's probably going to be a, um, a Star Wars series taking place in the High Republic since that seems to be Disney's um, sort of story focus that they seem to be shifting towards. Um, I guess they, uh, they're they looking for some new talent and John Watts obviously is a pretty good bet. Um, that last Spider-Man film was a huge success. Um, loved by pretty much everyone. Um, and... Um, John Watts right now can do no wrong. So let's see if he can uh, do the same here with Star Wars. I enjoy to see what kind of uh, uh, spunky uh, coming-of-age story he tells <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Um, but yeah, that should be pretty exciting. I, I, I'm, I have mixed feelings about the recent Star Wars media. Uh, but all in all, I'm a sucker for sci-fi. I'm a sucker for fantasy. Um, and the more of it that uh, they want to feed into my brain through the use of streaming, I, I will gladly accept as long as it's decent. Um, speaking of streaming things directly into my head, let's talk about PlayStation VR 2. Um, they showed off uh, a little, I guess, video, um, photos, images, just sort of a, a brief overview of what they're going to look like uh, with the VR 2. Um, it looks very sleek. Um, it's mostly white um, with sort of a, you know, that that video gamey console gray black um, kind of smooth matte against everything else. Um, it, it Sony kept talking about at this event like, oh, we want you to not even realize that you're wearing it, not even know that you're wearing this headset. And it's like, cool. But like, that's just that's impossible. Right. Like the things they're pretty heavy. They're squeezed around your head. Like, unless they can make it float, I think I'm going to notice it. But I, I do appreciate their objective, and I hope it is a very comfortable thing. Um, because I have found, um, especially when I'm playing games like Beat Saber, which are, you know, active games, which in my opinion is kind of the point of VR, is to be active and be involved, they can... Um, kind of bump around your nose and sometimes they don't really quite move with your head and they shake a little bit because they're so heavy and so sort of uh, their weight's a little bit farther away from your head so they can tend to jiggle. So sometimes moving around and stuff, it kind of kind of hurts after a little while. So yeah, if they if they can find a way 
to sort of um, alleviate that. I'm going to be definitely definitely a big uh, fan of that. Um, also, there's talks about eye-tracking capabilities within the PSVR 2, which, if so, is kind of cool. Um, I don't want to call it a gimmick. Um, I, I don't like calling you know, things that, 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 that tech companies implement into hardware gimmicks because it's only a gimmick on the software side of, side of things. If, if Sony has said we've implemented eye tracking into this equipment, we have uh, a game, a first party game that we think is a really cool implementation of it. And, you know, you guys should run with it. And if nobody else takes off on it or when they do, they just turn it into a gimmick. I don't want to blame Sony for that. You know, that might be a cool thing. I can't personally think of some really good uses of it off the top of my head but i do feel like it could be really um good to implement into people who have disabilities um, we give a lot of credit to microsoft for creating their adaptive controller system that is uh, great for um people who have difficulty pressing buttons or moving joysticks or maybe their fine motor skills aren't as developed as other people and they may have difficulty using regular controllers so microsoft created their adaptive controller system and it's great um, Sony doesn't have a, um, a real competitor to that in-house, but, um, eye tracking is great for people with those kind of difficulties because then, you know, instead of having to say, use a mouse to move a cursor or to move a joystick to, to select something, they can literally look and select on it. Um, there's some pretty cool, uh, equipment that I have seen, um, where that kind of equipment exists for PC use. Um, sort of a, a fancy webcam sits on a on a stand and tracks the eye movement and things like blinks or staring for a certain duration of time can do right clicks left clicks things like that. Um, so if this is a kind of a a good alternative to that or or an added added benefit, um, I think it would be really really cool, especially considering that VR might be a really awesome form of therapy for people who have um, the inability to travel and explore places. Again, this is all theoretical. I have no idea if, if Sony actually has this sort of implementation in mind. These are all just rumors and speculations based off of the specs and the information we have about it. But personally, if I don't hear about somebody doing this, if 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 Sony has truly implemented that kind of eye tracking, um, and I don't hear somebody implementing this from Sony, I think it'll be a, a bummer, and I hope they do. Um, but there's some stipulations with the PSVR 2, as you can imagine, it's uh, for the PS5 only, will not work with the PS4, but obviously PSVR 1 still available, and I, I do enjoy it, I thought, I, I used it, it's pretty good, it's pretty decent, um, it does not have the same range of view that the, the Valve does, Valve indexes, um, they're pretty wide ranging, and the PSVR 2 doesn't reach as wide ranging as the Valve index does, but, um, the Velvet Index is also crazy expensive, so, you know, you got to kind of have to compare and c contrast pricing here. Um, but the cool thing is the PSVR 2 is going to use OLED display, um, same kind of stuff that's on the new Switch Pro. Um, so that's kind of cool. Some um, OLED screens are nice, especially to look up real close, and you can get uh, a lot more pixels in a uh, smaller space using OLED. Um, so that seems like a pretty good benefit as well. Um, they have new controllers. They look a lot like the Oculus controllers or the Valve controllers, those sort of, uh, rings that kind of surround your hand. 
Um, they, you know, they look pretty good. But um, not a lot of information about pricing yet. Um, there's uh, uh, talks about a motor so that you can have a, a rumble in the, in the headset, which is an interesting idea. Um, there's talk about ventilation in the headset to stop it from sort of uh, when you perspire and sort of uh, heat building up on the inside. So they're talking about removing some of uh, or putting in ventilation. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's the... That's the PSVR 2. Um, man, I, I I said there wasn't a ton of news so far, but, you know, it actually turns out there is quite a decent amount of news. Um, let's keep going. Um, we can also talk about how they announced No Man's Sky coming to the Nintendo Switch, which is pretty cool. Um, I am one of the people that um, got a curious about No Man's Sky when it was first announced. Uh, man, I think I was in high school. That was so long ago. Um, but uh, I remember thinking, this is too good to be true. And this is too grandiose. And this is a great idea, but like, what is it? What do you actually do in this game? And all the trailers were like, okay, I, I, I get the mechanic, but like, what do you do? Is it just, just mining for mining's sake? Like, what, what do you... And turns out when the game came out, everybody had that exact same question. What do you do in this? Um, but over the last, what, freaking like 10 years now, <laughs> the game has just been constantly updating, constantly putting out new and new things and making it <laughs> a real game finally. Um, and they're still pumping out content. You know, it, it, they've just made a port for it for the Switch, which I'm honestly going to finally pick up because it looks like a real game now. Um, and it has for quite some time. Um, so Sean Murray, one of the few people that went from absolutely hated by everyone for everyone calling a scam artist to then now creating a pretty big fleshed out game that um, has kept its promises. You know, you don't see that a lot. So good on them. Um, but uh, Sean Murray, the creator, he was discussing in an interview, um, I assume speaking after the, uh, the newest update and the switch launch uh, or the switch launch announcement, I should say that, uh, he still has more stuff planned. He still wants to go out and do more things. So I, I think that's great, um, specifically within No Man's Sky. Um, so I, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are really excited and love the game and are still playing it, and I look forward to joining them, but on the Switch this time. I could play it on the PC, but, you know, I'm good playing it on the Switch. Um, lastly, I do want to discuss a story that Nick brought to me, which I found crazy. And I, I, I thought I would share it with all of you as well, is that um, there was a storage facility, like one of those, uh, you know, rent a storage thing in the middle of your town kind of garbage places <laughs> in the middle of uh, Nebraska. And a reseller um, saw that there was a basically a storage sale at the storage facility. They were closing down. A bunch of units hadn't been picked up. You know, the place was getting rid of it all, come and bid and, and take it. And I guess not a lot of that is, is known. Maybe the people who bid on it were specifically looking for video games because they are video game resellers. Um, but they found quite a lot of good stuff in there. Um, they found basically hundreds of sealed Nintendo and Sega games from like the 80s and the 90s which is 
pretty impressive. Um, uh, apparently, you know, somebody must have owned a game store back then, put this all into into storage, forgot about it, maybe <laughs> maybe died, and now it, you know, somebody's treasure basically that they've discovered. Um, they found a sealed copy of Chrono Trigger for the uh, SNES, um, which they say is valued over like two thousand dollars, which is crazy good find. Um, they haven't disclosed how much they bid on the uh, storage facility itself, but I can't imagine it was a lot. Um, but they say they've potentially found thousands and thousands of dollars within this, potentially tens of thousands of dollars within this storage facility. Um, you always hear these stories, but I have to imagine that there's also just as many, if not a billion more, stories of Oh yeah, I bid on the storage facility. I opened it up, and it was just a bunch of broken USB cables. That's all it was—just eight thousand frayed, broken USB cables. None of them work. <laughs> so you know, for every you know grand discovery of of ancient relics of video game past, there's also just as many absolute garbage uh, storage facilities. So you know, gamble at your own risk, ladies and gentlemen. That's our that's our lesson for the day. And on that uh, wonderful note of, of what we learned today, I'm going to say goodbye to you all. I do appreciate you all letting me guest host this week. I know it's a bit of a shorter episode. I'm a much faster talker than Nick. Um, but uh, I hope you all had a wonderful President's Day if you uh, live in the United States of America. If you lived elsewhere, I hope you just had a great Monday. Um, you know, everybody uh, stay safe on the Internet. Have good games. Uh, have fun. Good luck. And uh, we'll see you all next time when Nick's back from his trip. Thank you all so much for joining me. This has been Nick. No, it hasn't. It's been Scott. <laughs> this is Nick's Nerd News, though. I'm Scott, and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>